What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today is July the 4th, my favorite holiday. Hope you guys have some great plans to celebrate. It's always a great time with friends, family, and fireworks. Uh, Being free is kind of the shit, and everybody loves to blow stuff up. So without further ado, let's get things started off in space. So mark your calendars. On July 12th, the first images from NASA's James Webb Telescope will be released. Since it launched on Christmas Day in 2021, the observatory has successfully unfolded, commissioned its science instruments, reached the L2 Lagrange point, and successfully aligned all 18 of its segmented mirrors. According to Zerbuchin, who saw the images during a Wednesday briefing with other NASA officials, the first light images it has taken provide a new worldview into the cosmos. And this is a quote from him. He says, It's really hard to not look at the universe in a new light and not just have a moment that is deeply personal. It's an emotional moment when you see nature suddenly releasing some of its secrets. And I would like you to imagine and look forward to that. Another image will be provided unlike anything we've ever seen. This image will feature an exoplanet as well as spectral data from its atmosphere obtained by its advanced suite of spectrographs. These instruments will allow astronomers to observe chemical signatures from an exoplanet by observing how light is absorbed in its atmosphere. These signatures will reveal the atmosphere's composition, which could include oxygen, gas, nitrogen, carbon dioxide, the very things that we associate with habitability. These same observations could reveal traces of methane gas, ammonia, and other chemicals indicative of biological processes that we associate with life or biosignature. Last but not least, the presence of chemicals like chlorofluorocarbons and others we associate with industrial processes will be seen as indication of advanced life or technosignatures. In short, images by James Webb will allow astronomers to model the evolution of the cosmos and place tighter constraints on which exoplanets are habitable, and could even reveal that humanity is not alone in the universe. And if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you know that we've been tracking the James Webb telescope along its journey, so I'm really excited for these pictures, and they're kind of hyping it up a little bit, so I'm very curious as to what we're going to find out and see. Alright, moving things on to world news. For the first story, Russia said that it has taken full control of the eastern Ukrainian region of Luhansk on Sunday after capturing the final Ukrainian bastion of Luchansk, the city where Kiev says it has withdrawn to save the lives of its troops. The region's capture, which is a major Russian war aim, is a political victory for the Kremlin after weeks of grinding advances and shifts the battlefield focus to its neighboring Donetsk region, where Kiev still controls swaths of territory. And unfortunately, this is just kind of becoming a numbers game uh, at this point. But we do know that the Ukrainian soldiers have fought valiantly uh, so far. So uh, our thoughts go out to them. For the second world story, the leaders of the United States, South Korea, and Japan on Wednesday expressed deep concern over North Korea's missile tests and said that they would cooperate more closely to address the threat posed by Pyongyang. U.S. President Joe Biden and Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and South Korean President Yoon Sik-yeol met on the sidelines of the NATO summit in Madrid and agreed that the progress of North Korea's nuclear and missile programs posed serious threats not only to the Korean Peninsula, but also East Asia and the world. North Korea has been conducting missile tests at an unprecedented pace this year and is believed by some to be preparing for another nuclear test. I really wish North Korea would spend money on like, oh, I don't know, maybe feeding its people. That'd be really cool. 
And for the third world story, NATO has listed China as one of its strategic priorities for the first time, saying Beijing's ambitions and its coercive policies challenge the Western bloc's interests, security, and values. The document directed its harshest language towards Russia, which it described as the most significant and direct threat to the alliance's peace and security, but said Beijing's military ambitions is confrontational rhetoric towards Taiwan and its increasingly close ties with Moscow pose systemic challenges. China is substantially building up its military forces, including nuclear weapons, bullying its neighbors, threatening Taiwan, monitoring and controlling its own citizens through advanced technology, and spreading Russian lies and disinformation. NATO's Secretary Jen Stoltenberg told reporters, China is not our adversary. He added, but we must be clear-eyed about the serious challenges it represents. Personally, I feel like we'd have more moral high ground in regards to China and Taiwan and Ukraine and Russia if we hadn't invaded Afghanistan the way we did and then just left it a complete mess. All right, for U.S. news, also have three stories. The first one, so TikTok is seeking to assuage fears over the security of American users' data on the Chinese-owned platform. The concerns by lawmakers came after BuzzFeed reported last month that China-based employees of TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, were repeatedly able to access non-public data of American users. Nine Republican senators issued a letter to TikTok in response to the BuzzFeed report, and on Wednesday, a Republican member of the Federal Communications Commission urged the chief executives of Apple and Google to kick TikTok out of its app stores. Shoozy shoo! TikTok's chief executive wrote in the letter the company was working with U.S. cloud computing company Oracle on new advanced data security controls that we hope to finalize in the near future. TikTok had announced last month it had completed migrating information on its U.S. users to servers at Oracle, but it was still using U.S. and Singapore data centers as a backup. The company said in its letter that it expects to delete U.S. users' protected data from our own systems and fully pivot to Oracle cloud servers located in the U.S. Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn, one of the lawmakers who has spoken out, said TikTok, and this is in quotes, should have come clean from the start but instead tried to shroud their work in secrecy and urged the company to testify before Congress. Brendan Carr, the FCC commissioner, had argued in his letter to the Google and Apple CEOs that TikTok is not just another video app. It harvests swaths of sensitive data that new reports show are being accessed in Beijing. TikTok is one of the world's most popular social media apps with more than 1 billion active users globally and counts the U.S. as its largest market. Personally, that's why I don't use TikTok, although I know there's some great content out there. So I know I'm missing out, but I just chose my data privacy uh, instead. For the second U.S. story, Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson made history on Thursday when she was sworn in as the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. The former federal appeals court judge replaced Justice Stephen Breyer, whom she clerked for, to become the 104th Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. This happened right as justices marked the end of their term on the heels of a handful of massive rulings that are expected to reshape access to abortion, gun, immigration, and religion in schools, among other decisions. The justices will return to the bench on October 3rd for what will be Justice Jackson's first term. Congratulations to her, and I look forward to seeing how she influences the Supreme Court. 
And for the third U.S. story, Herschel W. Woody Williams, the last remaining Medal of Honor recipient from World War II, will be buried at the U.S. Capitol with a date and details yet to be released. Williams, who died on Wednesday at 98, was a legend in his native West Virginia for his heroics under fire over several crucial hours at the Battle of Iwo Jima. As a young Marine corporal, Williams went ahead of his unit on February 1945 and eliminated a series of Japanese machine gun positions. Facing small arms fire, Williams fought for hours, repeatedly returning to prepare demolition charges and obtain flamethrowers. Williams remained in the Marines after the war, serving a total of 20 years before working for the Veterans Administration for 33 years as a Veterans Service Representative. And with today being the fourth, uh, celebrating our freedom, it's good to look back and remember those who sacrificed so much for us to have it in the first place. All right, everybody. So that wraps up the U.S. news. All right, for the local segment today, I'm just going to kind of give you an outline of a couple events happening in the Huntsville area. So the Village of Providence is going to have a 4th of July music and fireworks show at 7 p.m. today. Uh, They asked you to come out and support the local restaurants and businesses, and they also said that this will be a part of the Village of Providence Signature Series events, whatever that means. Also happening today, Point Mallard Park is going to have their Spirit of America Festival They say the Spirit of America Festival celebrates America's heritage and birthday every 4th of July, and it's one of the largest free Independence Day celebrations in the state. They said the event will offer family games, summertime field competitions, live stage entertainment, unique demonstrations, sports tournaments, a host of food and craft vendors, booming fireworks, talent shows, and a presentation of the famous Audie Murphy Patriotism Award. So they have the time listed as 9 p.m., but I imagine some of those events would start earlier. And last but not least, we have the fireworks over Lake Gunnersville. This also starts at 9 p.m. The location is going to be Gunnersville's Civitan Park, and they ask you to join the city of Gunnersville for a fireworks show over the beautiful Lake Gunnersville. Best viewing for the fireworks will be the area around Civitan Park located at 1130 Sunset Drive along Lurleen B. Wallace Drive. Arrive early to get a good spot. For the weather forecast this week, we're looking at weather in the mid-90s pretty consistently uh, with the chances of little showers scattered throughout. All right, for the crypto segment this week, we've got Bitcoin coming in at 19800 Um, For the story, so following years of debate, negotiators from the EU's Economic and Monetary Affairs Committee finally reached a deal over how crypto should be regulated in the bloc. The latest update to the Markets and Crypto Assets Bill will seek the implementation of supervisory provisions, consumer protections, and environmental safeguards. An earlier version of the bill sought to ban proof-of-work-based digital assets, including Bitcoin, though the implementation was eventually scrapped. A member of the parliamentary group said that stablecoins will be subject to strict operational and prudential rules with restrictions if they are used widely as a means of payment and a cap of £200 million in transactions per day. Among those rules is one that requires issuers to maintain reserves to cover all claims and provide redemption rights of the holders. The reserves will have to be legally and operationally segregated and insulated in the interest of the holder and will be fully protected in the case of insolvency. That would seem to rule out algorithmic stablecoins such as TerraUSD 
and place strict rules on the composition of assets backing Tether. Non-fungible tokens offered to the public at a fixed price will be exempt from the scope of MICA, though that could change later down the track. Measures against market manipulation and the prevention of money laundering, terrorism financing, and other criminal activities will also be front and center in the EU's new law. For the positive story this week, India has followed in the footsteps of Canada and has imposed a ban on single-use plastics. India's federal environment minister, I'm going to mess this up, Bupender Yadav said at a news briefing in New Delhi on Friday that the ban had been set in the pipeline for a year and that thousands of other plastic products such as plastic bottles won't be covered by the ban. But the federal government has set targets for manufacturers to be responsible for recycling or disposing of them after their use. So that's great to see. I'm glad that Canada and India are doing it. I don't honestly don't know what's taking so long. The fact that we're still using... Uh, plastic bags and just I don't know I go out to eat and I like at a fast food restaurant and I'll just have one meal and I'll be sitting with this pile of trash and then I just like imagine that scaled up to all the people like in our country or around the world just like pumping that much trash out for one meal it's definitely unsustainable and it's gross honestly so yay to india and yay to canada for doing that and uh, i think california is going to be doing the same thing so um be really sweet if we could all get on board with that all right got three fun facts for you according to a new study the moon has gradually been getting smaller and as it shrinks cracks form on the lunar surface that then form fault lines and it generates something called moonquakes all right, and for the second fun fact, Russia has 11 different time zones. That is something I did not know. And also, a uh, third fun fact, a little gross, but also kind of funny, lobsters pee out of their faces. And even more interesting, they do this as a way to attract a mate. So, that's real hot. All right, so for a little comedy segment this week, I got three one-liners for you. Why will America never convert to the metric system? That's because we'll never accept a foreign ruler. Honda is coming out with the first electric vehicle, though. Uh, it's going to have wireless charging. It's called the Honda Accordless. And in the Old West, a lantern was often mounted on a horse for nighttime travel. It was thought to be the first generation of saddle light navigation. All right, and for the inspirational quote, When governments fear the people, there is liberty. And when the people fear the government, there is tyranny. And that's by Thomas Jefferson. Spotify song of the week. Of course, I had to go with Freebird. It's freaking 4th of July, baby. All right, you guys, thanks for tuning in to the podcast yet again. Y'all go out there, enjoy your 4th of July, and I'll see you next week.